Hey everyone, welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. It's uh, good to have you tune in today. Uh, we're going to finish up um, the second part of the series on inspiration and preservation of the Bible. So we're going to be talking about preservation of the Bible today. And it's it, this really is an important topic and uh, it'll help guide you in your decision on which translation of the Bible to use and why. Um, it'll give you a, a good background knowledge of where our Bibles in the English language come from. And uh, it, it also is a test of faith. Do you believe God's Word when He says that He would preserve it uh, for us? And so uh, uh, an important topic, not too long today because uh, I didn't intend to do two parts to the message um, but uh, ran out of time last week. So, but excited to be back in in the Bible study with everyone. Thank you again so much for tuning in and supporting this podcast. And uh, I love going through the scriptures with you and learning on all the different topics. And uh, I'm working on some some uh, fun and exciting things to, to go over with you in the future too. So keep tuning in every week. Invite other people to do the same. Um, because this is the Seeking Refuge podcast where we come together and seek refuge from the world in God's unchanging word. Remember Psalm 91 verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And also, a verse we haven't done in a while, in Hebrews chapter 6, if you look at verses 17 through 18, and I think that this does apply to today's lesson. Uh, but it says this, God willing more abundantly to shew unto the heirs of promise, that's us, that's the believers in Christ, the immutability of his counsel, that means that it cannot be changed, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, talking about God's word and his covenant, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for getting us up this morning and getting us into a Bible devotional. Thank you for the opportunity to do the podcast, and thank you for everybody that listens in and does these Bible studies with me. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you'll bless um, this message uh, this morning teach us, Lord, help us understand more about um, the fact that you have preserved your word for us, and uh, just help us grow closer to you, Lord. We need you, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's get right to it. Preservation of the Bible. Got a few verses we'll look at first. Let's go to, um, go to Mark, go to the Gospel of Mark. Just a couple things. Go to chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. And look at verse 31. Mark 13, 31 says this, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Uh, that was Jesus uh, given that. It, but, but we'll go back one more. One more verse. Um, he says, Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And uh, you know, that's, that's Jesus promising that all the things of, of, of the secular world, all the things around us, 
Um, all these things are going to be done away with, but his word is permanent. And so he, I, I, I think that does testify to the preservation of the Bible because as soon as you start changing it or as soon as you start saying, well, we don't have, um, we don't have exactly what was said or we, you know, we only have the closest thing to what was originally said, that would not be preservation anymore at that point. Um, and so it's important for us to understand that when God says, my words will not pass away, it means that he's going to preserve them uh, permanently. Not, not one of them is going to be changed at all. So the question before you today is, do you want the preserved word that has no words that have passed away, that has, that has been changed, uh, that has not been changed at all? Or do you want um, something else, something watered down, something that's been altered? Uh, because as soon as you make changes in the translation, or as soon as you go to manuscripts where the translations came from that were that were alterations from the original or were made up in any fashion, then then you no longer have a preserved uh, Bible that you're reading. And so it's important to understand that, one, God promises that there will be a preserved word. And we need to figure out through this study which one that is. Uh, let's go to another one, Psalm chapter 12. Psalm chapter 12, look at verses 6 and 7. Uh, it reads this, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So now the question before you is, do you believe your Bible? Do you believe that uh, when it says that, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever, that the Bible literally means we will have a preserved word of God forever. It's a test of your faith. I believe that the Bible says that God will preserve his word forever, and therefore he has, and therefore there is a preserved version <clears throat> for us. And <clears throat> the homework that I've done on this points to the King James Version of the Bible, and I'll explain why in just a second. <clears throat> Let's do another one, Proverbs chapter 30. <clears throat> Excuse me. Proverbs chapter 30 and go to verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Um, God is asking you to put your trust in him on the area of his word, the authority of his word, and the fact that he's given his word for us to have. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. This one is a little bit of a different... This is a, a more of a descriptive element to his word. Almost there. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, so there, that's not necessarily as 
clear of a passage towards preservation of scripture, but the reason I wanted to share it with you is because it, it talks about the word of God in its unchanged format, in its preserved format. It's powerful, it's sharp, it cuts all the way down to the very center, the core of our being. Um, and, it, and it starts dividing things down in, inside of us. The Word of God, um, in its full fullness of power, in its preserved form, uh, when accepted and believed by us, will do a lot of the dividing work of cutting the things out that are in God's way in our life. Okay, that's the importance of it. Um, to separate out those things which are not profitable to God, removing them um, so that we can walk in the spirit and embrace our spiritual nature um, and, and to be you know to be operating in a fullness of Christ in our life incredibly important and versions of the Bible do make a difference my personal testimony on this uh, the first Bible I fully read was a believe it or not a contemporary English version um, and so there were some things there that made sense, and then I think I went, uh, I think I read an NIV for a little bit, and then I and then I read a New King James Version for a little bit, and then somebody basically challenged me and said, just read the King James Version and watch what happens. He didn't really address all of the areas of where the manuscripts came from with me. What he did do was he just challenged my spiritual growth. Because by this time I had been a Christian for about 18 months and uh, was still struggling to learn a lot of things in the Bible. And I had uh, uh, kind of taken to the form that I figured those other English versions would be easier to read. And uh, he just said, just try it. Just start with the King James Version for a little bit. Try it for, I think he said, like 30 days and see what happens. So I got into a King James Version and after the first 30 days of reading it every day, pretty faithfully, um, you know, at that point in time in my life, I was, I had time to, to read, uh, probably an hour a day in the Bible or more. So, um, that's hard to do if you, if you have a, if a, a career, uh, you know, and things like that going on. So let me challenge you, give it 60 days. Um, but so for those 30 days, I was reading the King James Version. The Word of God really came to life more in my life in those 30 days than it had in those first 18 months. I started growing in my understanding because the Holy Spirit was working through the Scripture to help me understand it. The stuff that I thought would be hard for me to figure out or understand because it was in a King James Version... Um, really wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because the Holy Spirit was illuminating the scripture in my life. The pieces to the puzzles started coming together and I grew more spiritually. After one year, uh, I had had way more transformation in my life as a Christian in the King James Version than I had in other versions. And I'm not the only one that has testimony like this. So I'm challenging you today to pick up a King James Version and, uh, Go with the powerful, sharp Word of God uh, that will really help you in your in your spiritual life. Um, let me give you another one. Go to Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter twenty-four. Matthew 
Went way past it. Matthew chapter 24 and look at uh look at verse 35. Well, that's the same verses in Mark, isn't it? It sure is. Um, yep, in 34 and 35. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, till so all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I guess God wanted me to say that one more time. Um, so, let's look at a couple things. Consider this. Um, the history of the preservation of Scripture is important to understand. Uh, there's a big difference between God's preserved word and, and, and the words that man has changed. So if you get a New English Bible, something other than the King James Version, you're getting something with a lot of alterations in it by man. Let's talk about the Old Testament. God preserved the words of the Old Testament by Levitical priests who faithfully copied them through the centuries. Uh, the best manuscript for the Old Testament is used by the King James Bible, and it is the the um, the Bomberg text is what it's called. Uh, it's a faithful uh, Rabbinic Old Testament used for the King James Bible. It's been rejected by other English versions, um, so it's exclusive to the King James. Okay, the New Testament God preserved the words of the New Testament by His faithful Christian disciples from Antioch of Syria to the um, Vidois people of the French Alps at about 120 AD. Remember the verse in the Bible, Acts 11.26, says that in Antioch, Syria, is where disciples were first called Christians. So if you had a choice to pick a, a Bible, wouldn't you want one that comes from manuscripts that were found at the location where disciples were first called Christians? That's pretty strong evidence to preservation, in my opinion. So... Um, it, it's important for us to understand uh, these things and to go with the um, to go with the preserved version of the Bible. Uh, let me pull up one more thing for you. It's going to take me a couple minutes to find it, I think. Alright, and you think about this, just like I would read that text twice to you about um, heaven and earth passing away. Um, one of the issues that we're going to come in with with Bible preservation is the fact that most people don't even believe that. Um, they cannot bring themselves to believe that heaven and earth shall pass away and they view these things as permanent. We know that the Bible promises us a new heaven and a new earth um, after everything's said and done. Um, so we, 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 we take it for granted, um, but the, the fact that the Lord Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth said they will pass away in the next part of that verse, he says, but my words shall not pass away. So now I believe that that is also a problem uh, for many people today. Because by the Lord saying that, he has brought up the subject of Bible preservation, and many do not wish to accept the doctrine. Um, the truth doesn't cause a problem um, for those that have faith and believe that God promised to preserve his word, and therefore he has done it. Um, so the Bible teaches preservation very clearly. 
and it also says this, um, and I, and I didn't and I didn't think this, but God Himself shall keep them and preserve them. Um, it refers to His words for a thousand generations. Now I want you to think about this. Um, how many years is a thousand generations? That was in Psalms twelve seven. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. <clears throat> and then he said, he says uh, somewhere, where did I get that text from? That he'll preserve them from a thousand generations. Uh, that's in Psalm 105, verse 8. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word um, he commanded to a thousand generations. Now think about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. How, how long is a thousand generations? And think about this for a second. If one generation <clears throat> was uh, 20 years, then a thousand generation would be 20,000 years. And we know as Bible believers, if you believe in the literal six-day creation in Genesis, and I'll do that subject at some point too, um, that, that the earth at this point in time is probably around 10,000 years old. And I know scientists and all these people believe all this crazy stuff. There's evidence that it's millions and millions of years and this and that. Um, you're talking about people who do not believe in, in a great flood. They don't believe the Bible. And so they're going to use other ways of trying to explain things with um, fossils and things that were created millions of years ago. It's not true. We have a young earth. It's only thousands of years old. Here we have God promising his word to a thousand generations. Um, and, and I don't think that that's to be taken as an indication of how much longer we're going to be in existence. I think that what he's saying is my word's not going to pass away. Just like he said in another verse, you think about it. If a, if a generation was 30 years, it'd be 30,000 years. Um, so do you think we're going to be around that long? Uh, it, it just shows that he's not finished preserving his word. And so that he's, it's a continuing work, and God intends to continue to do this work. So, I hope you can take that as a strong indication that God absolutely is preserving his word. So let's get in, just to give me two more minutes on this. I know this is not the most exciting topic, but let's talk about the King James Version. It's manuscripts it was used to for for the for the creation of of the translation is the Texas Receptus and and it's um manuscripts that use that were found in Antioch Syria um all of the other English versions of the Bible use um manuscripts that were found in Alexandria Egypt Alexandria, Egypt was the epicenter of spiritualism activity and occult practices and things that were, you know, it wouldn't make sense for you to want to rely on a version that came out of that kind of, uh, um, you know, philosophical, uh, a lot of it was thought translation, a lot of it, you know, had to involve certain spiritualistic, you know, things, and that's why uh, there, there's a lot of stuff omitted and changed in those New English versions. I mean, there's complete passages that are missing. Um, there's a lot of edits to wanting to take away, you know, things like the blood, the blood of Christ, and uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff. I can't, I can't even sit here and list them all. That's a whole other study. But 
so you have that, and then you have, you know, this idea that, you know, Dead Sea Scrolls and things that were recovered in in places and in manners that it that that are sketchy. Um, <clears throat> but if you if you use the King James version, you have Old Testament that's been preserved through the fact that um, God ordered the Levitical priest of the Jewish people um, to preserve the Old Testament scriptures. That's, you know, Genesis all the way up through the prophets, through Malachi. And then you have New Testament that that is the preserved um, manuscripts out of <clears throat> Antioch, Syria. It's the preserved word of God. Um, and so I hope that you'll consider the fact that because God's word is inspired and God's word is preserved, that you'll look at the evidence and you'll make the decision today to turn towards the preserved version of the Bible. Get a King James version and get a tangible one. Um, I know that phones on Bible or Bibles on phones are, is getting popular these days. But I want to give you a challenge on this. I want you to understand something. Big tech is not to be trusted. Any more than Alexandrian manuscripts should be trusted. And while I'm not against using King James Version, Bible apps, and things like this, I would strongly encourage every Christian to make sure they have a tangible, physical King James Version of the Bible in print in their possession. And the reason is, we're going into an age of censorship. We're going into an age where what people don't want to hear gets wiped away from the record and access to those statements, to those beliefs, to those opinions are being wiped away. We're entering into the age of cancel culture. We're entering into the age of persecution of Christianity. And I promise you at some point, Big tech could find themselves involved in deleting certain versions of the Bible. We could see an assault on the King James Version. It could be removed from bookstores. It could become hard to find in the future. And if so, and it was deleted from the app stores and deleted off of the internet, you would no longer have access to it. You wouldn't have the word of God anymore. There's a warning in the, the prophet Amos that there would come a day where there would be a famine in the land, a famine of the word of God, that people would be looking everywhere for it and would not be able to find it. Get yourself a tangible Bible and use it. Also, remember this, your phone can be used for a lot of different purposes. Your tangible Bible has one purpose. So I believe it's better to, to stick with a tangible Bible than to use it on the phone. But don't get me wrong. I, I understand we all use our phone Bibles. I have apps and things that I use too from time to time. Um, but I just want to encourage you. Get yourself a King James Version. Try it out for 60 days. Read it. Um, I, I believe that I'm, I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that God's going to bless you for it. And you're going to grow spiritually because of it. And you'll love it so much that you won't want to put it down afterwards. Take the challenge. Give it a try. See what you think. And um, you too will, will see that God has preserved his inspired word for us. 
and uh, we should be forever grateful and thankful that he did. Tune in next time, um, next week. I don't know what I'm going to be teaching on yet, but it, it'll be a good one. And yeah, we're going to continue with these fundamental um, doctrines, fundamental beliefs for Christianity. I got maybe like three more to go, and then we'll um, and then we'll switch over to something else after that. So thanks for tuning in again. Have a blessed week. Um, go to church. Get active. Serve the Lord. Don't be ashamed to be a Christian. Don't give up. Don't back down to the enemy. Pick up a King James Bible. Thank God the fact that he's preserved his word, that he's given us an inspired word that will change your life. Thank God that he's done it. I'll see you next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast.